and welcome to Emma's ESL English. This week we're going to have two episodes because I wanted to do two things that are related. A few weeks ago I went to my cousin's wedding and once I got home and I started talking to my students about where I'd been and what I had done and some of them I showed some pictures, they were a little surprised. <laughs> I knew that our weddings were different to some other places' weddings because over the years I've had conversations with students about weddings, obviously, but it was kind of fun just to talk about that again. So I thought I would do a couple of videos about weddings, about what you can expect. If you're going to a British wedding, and I'll put in some little bits about American weddings too, because they are a little bit different. There are certain rituals obviously, to every wedding. And I would be really curious if you can say in the comments which of these rituals are the same in your country and which ones are different. The British wedding, I think, has in a major way influenced weddings. From what I understand, it was Queen Victoria's white wedding dress that started this whole white wedding dress thing. So even in the UK, we didn't have white wedding dresses. We haven't always forever historically had white wedding dresses, but we do have a habit of following our royal family. So when we have royal weddings, there is a style that comes out of that. We really see that after Princess Diana gets married and she had that real marshmallow style dress. Yeah. That whole decade is full <laughs> of those kind of dresses. They're a lot less common now because, of course, then we had William and Kate's wedding and uh, Harry and Meghan's wedding, and both Kate and Meghan had quite different kinds of wedding dresses to Harry and, and William's mothers. But definitely royal weddings have strongly influenced weddings in the UK and, I guess, around the world to some extent. So I'm curious, which bits have you kept? Which bits have you changed? When you go to a wedding in the UK, first things first, you want to check your invitation and find out whether it says formal or informal or maybe smart casual. You want to look for what kind of outfit is expected. If it is formal, in one way that's easier, in another way it's more expensive. <laughs> If it says formal, chances are the guys are going to be in full suits with ties and the girls are going to be in fancy dresses with hats or fascinators. If it says smart casual like the wedding I went to, that is actually a little bit more difficult, which was very clear from the wedding because some people had gone with the formal and had the hat. And some people had gone with the casual and were in much more relaxed clothing. And a lot of us were trying to balance somewhere in between. Most of the men were still in suits and ties, although there were some lighter colored suits. It was in the middle of summer and a heat wave, after all. And some of the women were wearing flat shoes, which you almost would never see in a formal wedding. And some of them even were wearing flip-flops. The other thing that changed, again, I think partly to do with the heat wave was about eight o'clock or so in the evening, you saw a lot of people get changed. All of the kids got changed out of their fancy outfits 
and a lot of the adults, I had taken a different top too because it was so, so hot that day that really, I don't want to be stinking everybody out. <laughs> first things first, figure out what you're going to wear. Also look at the invitation to find out if gifts are expected. If they say nothing, probably there's a gift. If they say, uh, we would like something for our honeymoon, then you're maybe looking at money. If they say, as it did on ours, your presence is the only thing necessary, it's probably up to you. <laughs> we took that as literal, but I noticed that uh, there was a gift table there and there were quite a few people who had bought gifts. So maybe if they're really good friends or really close family, something like that, you might have something in mind that you want to get them or you might know something that they want for their house. But... Yeah, you gotta figure out for yourself what you're gonna do. Hmm. When you get there, it's possible that it's gonna start with drinks. But here's the other thing. Depending on your country, a wedding can take an hour, half a day, two days, three days. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> and it also depends where in the wedding party you are. If you're one of the core members, such as the bride and groom, obviously, bridesmaid, maid of honor, best man, groomsman, then you might be expected to be there for a lot longer than anybody else in the party. So that's the other thing to think about. Also, mothers and fathers of the bride and groom might have expectations too. If you're not in any of those things, then chances are the wedding is a much smaller thing for you to deal with. For hours, it said come for drinks at 1.30 and the wedding starts at 2.30. So the actual ceremony was at 2.30. Then we had kind of a chill out time. And then maybe about 4.35 o'clock, we had the speeches and the meal. And then maybe about nine o'clock, there was pizza that went round. <laughs> and they were there until midnight. I left, I stayed the whole time. It did say on the invitation, carriages at midnight. So if there's anything on your invitation that says carriages at, that means you're going home at midnight or whatever time that is. Probably not in a carriage. It's a figure of speech. A nice figure of speech, though. I quite like that, carriages at midnight. It's, it's kind of nice. Anyway, depending on the wedding location, this is another thing. You may be invited to the church wedding or you may just be invited to the reception depending on how close you are to the bride and groom. And, and don't take offense in either way. It doesn't really mean anything necessarily. It might mean that the church is really small and there's not much space. Or it might mean that they just want the church wedding to be just for them. They might not be getting married in a church. A couple of friends of mine got married in a registry office and that was really small. So you really could only fit 20, 30 people in there. They still want you at the party if you're just going to the reception. So don't take offense. So here's the other thing in the UK. We are not very religious as a country, but we have a lot, a lot of churches. And a lot of people like to get married in churches because they're pretty and there's stained glass and pews, which are horribly uncomfortable. So even if the couple isn't particularly religious, it's very possible that they want to have a religious ceremony, depending on what that religion might be. 
But also, even if they are religious, it's very possible that they will choose not to have a religious ceremony. In the UK, we have civil marriages, which are done by the local council and the registry office. Those you can have in the registry office itself, or you can have in a specific location of your choosing. Those locations are usually approved for marriage in one way or another, so you can't just have it anywhere. In this case, it was a wedding venue. There are a lot of possible venues that you could be at in the UK. Some of those, the wedding and the reception are happening in the same place, like the one I went to, and others, like my younger cousin's wedding, which happened three years ago, her wedding was in a church and then the reception was in a marquee at her parents' house. So there's a lot of options. So you need to really check your invitation and find out when you need to be where and where you're going for which parts because it can be confusing. <laughs> when you get to the first venue where the marriage is happening, it's very common that the bride's family goes on the left and the groom's family goes on the right, I think. But at my cousin's wedding, you could sit wherever you wanted. There were a lot of things about my cousin's wedding that were not your typical traditional way of doing things. And I really liked that about it. But that suggests to me that things are changing and people are having different choices. So when you get to the wedding, there will usually be someone who's saying, sit here, sit there, or sit anywhere. You sit and you watch. And the groom is usually standing at the front with his best man, groomsmen, all of them. And he is waiting for the bride to arrive. And just like you see on the movies, the music starts and the bride arrives. And usually the bride is accompanied by her father, but we are living in a modern world. So it really depends on the personal circumstances. I've seen some weddings where we've got fathers, we've got stepfathers, we've got brothers, all kinds of people. So it really is up to the couple themselves to decide who they want or who the bride wants to accompany her down the aisle. And she may decide to go by herself. That's okay too. So usually the music starts and a bridesmaid or some bridesmaids or the maid of honor comes down first and then the bride goes down the aisle and then she is handed over to the groom by the father or whoever is accompanying her. If this is a same-sex marriage scenario, that doesn't mean that they will change a whole lot of this. They might decide to go down the aisle together or they might decide that one's at the front and one's at the back and they still do some sort of traditional looking marriage. All options are open, I guess. <laughs> the bride comes down to the front and then it depends on the situation. In some cases, you're gonna have a priest who is overseeing if you're in a church, or you might just have the person who's come from the registry office. In both cases, there is a set of language that is used and that the couple can choose that will be spoken during their wedding. Also, there are vows. They can choose to have their own vows that they make themselves, which is very common in America, in this country, it's more normal that they follow the vows either from the registry office or from the church. They say their vows and then they have to sign the registry book. This is a really important part in British weddings because that's the legal bit. 
So the legal bit, they have to sign a book and it is observed by a legal person. So even if they get married in a church, there will be a registry person there who will officiate their marriage. So even though the priest is doing the talking, that legal person will be there to see them sign the book. And that book will also be signed by two witnesses as well. So that's the bit that officially says you're married. After they've done that, it's pretty much whatever they want to do. They can just walk back down the aisle again, but it really, again, depends on the couple. Some people want to stay in the church and have a whole thing in the church. They might sing songs. If you are interested in British weddings or you have to go to a British wedding, it is worth checking out some Richard Curtis movies. These movies are very, very famous and tend to have <laughs> weddings in them. Big shock. The most famous or easiest ones I would go for are Love Actually and Four Weddings and a Funeral. Four Weddings and a Funeral is a little bit older. It's the movie that made Hugh Grant famous, but it has four weddings in it. <laughs> so you really get to see a few different options of British weddings. However, they are a little bit older movies, so things are evolving now, but it will give you a really good idea of what a British wedding looks like. That is enough for today. <laughs> So we are at the church, we've had the church wedding, now we're going to leave the church and go to the reception. Tomorrow I will be talking to you about the reception. See you tomorrow. Bye!